Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, hello, my name is Abel. I'm so glad to be spending time with you in the Word today. And today is actually our last sermon on this sermon series uh, on prayer called Disconnected. And if you've got a desire to learn some more and go to another level of prayer and you've missed some of our previous sermons, you're welcome to go back on our YouTube channel and check out the previous four sermons. I really trust that it will do you well um, and help you to discover a new liberty when it comes to speaking to your Father in heaven. When it comes to prayer, it should not be something that puts a, a, a yoke or a feeling of guilt on you. It's actually something that is that we get to express because of the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Now today we're speaking about missional prayer. So what is missional prayer? Now, um, I think uh, for me, this is very similar to the idea of spiritual warfare. Now, as soon as someone says in church, spiritual warfare, I think, well, that's only for the professional Christians. It's not for me. Um, but actually, something like spiritual warfare is very much just what missional prayer is. It is to pray for a mission or to be on mission when it comes to your uh, prayer life. Now, uh, John Piper, he says the following about prayer. He says that prayer is like a walkie-talkie on a battlefield and not an intercom for room service. And uh, I think this might be, you know, the temptation that we can fall into is that whenever we speak to God, that we, we fall into the trap of always asking for ourselves. And missional prayer, you know, if it is a, a walkie-talkie on a battlefield and not an intercom for room service, uh, then prayer should also be about the heart of God, what He wants to see take place. Then prayer is not primarily only about myself, but also about other people and seeing the kingdom of God becoming a reality in the world around us. So in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 9 to 10, Jesus is teaching us the Lord's Prayer. And uh, we've spoken about this a little bit, about the first part of the Lord's Prayer and how important it is for you to understand that when Jesus teaches us, uh, He starts off in verse 9, He says, This then is how you should pray. Uh, he's not saying to us what we should pray. So He's not giving us a formula or the exact words that we should say in prayer or some sort of a magical prayer, but he's teaching us how to pray, the principles of prayer. And he starts off by saying, our Father in heaven. And we spoke about this in the beginning, is that when you pray, you are speaking to your Father. It's a conversation. It's, it's a personal connection. It's not a professional conversation with your boss or someone that you should fear, but you are speaking to your Father in heaven, your father that's in heaven, meaning he is unrestricted. He doesn't have the boundaries that we are used to. And therefore you can ask him anything because he's your dad, he's your father. And also he can do anything about any situation because he's a father in heaven. And then the prayer goes on, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right in the beginning, it shows that this prayer that Jesus is teaching us to pray is a missional prayer. It wants to be aligned to the mission of God, not my own mission. So it's saying, God, I don't want my kingdom to be built. I don't want my will. I want to seek your kingdom and your will. Essentially, this is what a missional prayer is, is if you pray for the kingdom of God to become a reality in your world. That is a missional prayer, as simple as that. If, if you start praying for, for the kingdom of God and the will of God to, to, to start breaking through in a person's life that you know and love, 
That is a missional prayer. Whenever you pray for the kingdom of God, the principles of God, the kingdom values to become a reality in the business that you work or the company that you work for, that is a missional prayer. Now, a question we need to answer before we go on to speak about three things that a missional prayer is. And uh, I'm going to discuss that in a moment. But before we get there, a very important question is why should we pray? We know that, that God is in control of everything. We serve a sovereign God. So, so why do we need to pray? Uh, isn't God going to do what He wants anyways? What's the reason? What's the purpose of prayer? And why should we pray missional prayers? Isn't God going to still do what He plans to do? But now here's the thing. It's, it's revealed so clearly in Scripture for us is that God wants to partner with us. We see it in the book of Genesis where, where, where God creates and then He gives authority to Adam to rule and reign. And that's His command to Adam in, in, in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, he gives humanity um, an opportunity to, to, to serve uh, the world around us. Uh, God wants to partner with us. In fact, in Doxadeo, we use this term uh, whenever someone becomes part of our church, we don't call them members, we call them partners because we believe we are partnering together in the kingdom of God, but also we are partnering with God in establishing His kingdom in this world. And so we get this idea of partners, a partnership instead of membership from 1 Corinthians 3 verse 19 uh, also, which says that for we are God's fellow workers. And so just bringing back to the question of prayer, why should we pray? Well, God sees us as His fellow workers. Jesus sees us as His fellow workers. And so even though God can do all the work by Himself, He has chosen to partner with us. Uh, he's chosen to call us fellow workers. And uh, we even see this, Jesus in John chapter 17, verse 18, He says, as you, have sent, as you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Jesus leaves His mission in the hands of His disciples. In the same way, God has left His mission and the kingdom that He wants to be established in our hands to be established through us. God chooses to partner with us. Maybe to give you just an example of, of how we should see this. And this is why we should pray. That, that's why you are called to pray missional prayers because God wants you to be part of the picture. You are part of the solution. And one of the areas where you work and labor in the kingdom of God is in the area of prayer. That, that's one of the ways in which Christians shifts the needle it is, that's the place where we also labor is in prayer. So it's sort of, my one friend explained it this way. He says that Jesus is sort of like the medical genius that discovered, that discovered penicillin. Now, we are sort of the doctors that have been healed because of this medication, penicillin, that was discovered. And we're very thankful for that. And now we are helping to apply it and, and uh, give it out, administer it to, to others. Another example would be that Jesus is like this, this musical genius and he has written and composed the greatest piece of music ever. And we are captivated. We are like musicians that are captivated by this piece of music and now we enjoy performing it and, and playing it. And that way God is calling us to partner. Uh, maybe even a simpler example. It's like the story of the mouse and the elephant. 
So a mouse, very good friends with the elephant, and the mouse uh, gets on top of the elephant's head and says, let's cross this bridge. And then they walk over this bridge. And as they're walking, because of the weight of the elephant, the bridge starts swinging and shaking from one side to another. As they get to the other side of the bridge, the mouse turns to the elephant and says, we really shook that bridge, didn't we? It's the same way with us and God. God has decided He wants you to be a part of it. Now, I believe sometimes even God is going to do what He wants to do anyways. But by you praying for something, you become aware of God, what God is busy doing. And you become a witness of the power of God. Whereas if you never asked God for anything in terms of you know, the effect of the kingdom, God might still work without you but you won't be aware of it. You'll miss out on the miracles, the, the, the good things that God is actually busy doing. Secondly, we are you know, co-workers with God, but also prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. There are certain things that God has decided to do that are part of His eternal plan, but there are things that He labors with us. Uh, maybe to give you an example, it's sort of like crops growing. Uh, God has ordained that crops will grow, but not without water. That's the way that God made it uh, to work. In the same way, God has decided that people will be saved and come to the knowledge of His Son, Jesus, but not without the preaching of the Word. He has decided, just like you know, He set the world up, that with water, crops will grow. Also, with the preaching of the Word, people will get saved. In the same way, God has invited us with prayer, is that certain things will only be achieved by prayer that God will work by our prayers also. Not in all of His work, but in so much of what He does. The Bible is so clear in terms of the encouragement. Let me read you some scriptures to show that things happen because of prayer. Luke 11 verse 9, Jesus explains, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. So receiving comes by prayer, it comes by asking, just like crops comes by water or grows because of water. Also, God says, well, receiving, I want you to ask for it. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Also in James chapter 4, verse 2, I love it that James is very blunt, very straightforward. He says, you do not have because you do not ask God. Simple as that. Just like because crops grow because of water in the same way, James is saying, you don't have because you don't ask. God wants to make us part of the process. Not so much that our prayer will guarantee the outcome, but I think in that beautiful picture of us asking God, it's, it's us trusting Him. That's what it's about. God wants us to trust Him. And that's why He's given us this wonderful tool of prayer. So let's quickly think about three ways in which we pray missional prayers. How do you pray missional prayers? A missional prayer should be, firstly, Christ-centered. Secondly, a missional prayer should be people-focused. And thirdly, a missional prayer is empowered or led by the Holy Spirit. Another way that we can actually phrase these three things is that missional prayers, it involves knowing God, you know, for other people to know God. It involves loving people and it involves impacting my world. That's missional prayers. So it's Christ-centered, people-focused, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let me quickly explain. So in 1 Timothy 2, 
uh, verse 3. Uh, the following is written. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. To, to know God. So a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Now, prayer is only possible because of the work of Jesus. Because we have a mediator and we're standing in a new covenant, we can pray in a, in a new way. But also whenever we pray, we are praying that people will come to the knowledge of Jesus. Let me give you a quick example. Jesus heals 10 lepers, right? He heals all 10 of them and only one of them come back to say thank you. So in other words, nine of them were healed, but they missed Jesus. And so my point is simply this, is it doesn't help that we pray for the healing of someone, but they don't come to the knowledge of the person of Jesus. You know, Jesus is the mission. When we go out to people, we want to introduce them to the knowledge of Jesus. We introduce them to the knowledge of Jesus. It's not only that we add value to their life in other ways, but ultimately we want them to know God. So a missional prayer always involves, for these people that I'm praying, I want them to know God. May they come to a knowledge of who Jesus is. The second thing is that it should be people-focused. It's, it's loving people. Now, I think uh, essentially prayer is intercession. If you're praying for people, you are interceding for them. You are praying on behalf of them because you are praying for them. Now, what happens when you pray is that you start loving people. And what happens is when you love people, you pray for them. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that works both ways. The more that you pray for people, the more you will love them. And also the more that you love people, you will be reminded of them in your prayer life. Now, here's a nice challenge. If there's someone that you don't particularly like that much, uh, you need to grow in terms of your love for someone, pray for them. The easiest way for you to grow in your love for people is to pray for them. But also because we love people, we pray for people. Now, 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 to 2 says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercessions and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in, in all godliness and holiness. Now, this scripture challenges us a lot. Whenever you get angry at the government, you know, Timothy is explaining to us we should pray not only for our friends, not only for our fa family members that we love, but for all people. You see, this we, we've been speaking about New Covenant prayer. Old Covenant prayer, the Pharisees, they prayed for their people, but not for their enemies. You see, Jesus is calling us to a new way of loving people, saying not only for the people you know and love, but even, even for the government and even for your enemies, for all people. And in this time when this was written, it was in a time where there were some very harsh leaders. In the Roman Empire, uh, Empire there were very, very harsh leaders. Yet, he writes, pray for all people, even those in government. It will change your heart also. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said that we, we don't primarily pray to change the mind of God, but prayer is to change our hearts. And that's what will happen. But a missional prayer is not only Christ-centered, we want people to know God, but secondly, it is loving people. One of the ways that you can love people is to pray for them. 
If you love someone, write someone's name down and pray for them. Third thing, the missional prayer is not only about getting people to know God. We pray for that, but also we, we pray for whatever need is in a person's life. We pray for them, interceding for them, praying on behalf of them. But thirdly, prayer is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Or It's about this idea of impacting my world. So each of us have been given an area of influence. And a missional prayer prays into those areas of influence. So for instance, if you are a teacher working at a school, that is your mission field where God has placed you. And if you want to pray missional prayers, you start praying for your school. You start praying strategic prayers. And as you pray, God will show you what you need to pray for. Uh, it's, it's sort of like, I like this picture of, you know, if, if prayer is like us with walkie-talkies on the battlefield and it's sort of like a, a spiritual warfare, um, th this kind of missional prayer is to call in the air support. So imagine yourself, you are a soldier and there are certain things you can't do. The enemy has got some sort of a tank and you know that you're in trouble. Then you call in the air support so that they do something that you can't do. You pray for spiritual breakthrough, for the power of the Holy Spirit to move something, to make certain connections that you can't, to open certain doors that you can't open on your, uh, on your own, to close certain doors that you can't close on your own. That's when you call in the air support to do something that you can't do. And that is what a missional prayer is. It is dependent on the Holy Spirit to say, Spirit, I need that door to open. <laughs> There might be something that is, is blocking the kingdom of God to start flowing in the area where God has placed you. Then you need to take that to God because some things only God will move. There are certain things that will only be opened and closed by prayer. And you pray, you call in the air support so that God can do what you can't do. So let me tell you one story and then we'll, we'll start closing off. So many years ago, when before we uh, planted our second campus in Doxadeo in the city of Bloemfontein, central campus, um, and even recently, just before we planted Bloemfontein North, uh, our third campus in, Bloem, in Bloemfontein, uh, I was, you know, the person, I was very much involved in looking for a venue for the new church that we're going to be planting. And on both occasions, I was knocking on every single door. I was looking at every single venue, places that would never be considered to be church. I was knocking on all the different doors and everywhere where I came, there were just closed doors. Nothing was opening, but I really had faith. And, and, and we as a team, all of us, we had faith that God wants to do this and He will open the door at the right time. And I remember praying for a venue for years, uh, for, for the right venue uh, to open up and, and, and knocking and it just not opening. But it was really with prayer for many years that eventually after one meeting that I wasn't even a part of, that finally a, a place that used to be a nightclub opened for us miraculously. And we got a very good deal and we were able to move into that space. Recently now uh, with uh, the North venue, the same things, we've been seeing the same things in the, in the north of Bloemfontein where God has opened certain doors, but it's not, door, it's not places where we haven't been knocking. We've been knocking for years, wanting to do something, but then at the right time, when we were praying, trusting God, God just opens a door and we look back at those moments and we think, well, that was without effort. It's as if the air support came in, dropped the bomb at the right place. Things opened. Things just started clicking in the right way. And that is what missional prayer is. 
is to ask the Holy Spirit to come and do something that you can't do uh, to call in air support. Now, just maybe last note on that. It's so important. We knock on doors, but we don't kick doors down. If you truly trust the Holy Spirit, you won't kick a door down because you know that He will open it at His time because you are trusting Him, that you are co-laboring with Him. It's not only you laboring for God, but that He is always willing and ready and He will do His part so that you can also do your part. I want to maybe end off by challenging you in this way. Won't you take a piece of paper or even on your phone and just write someone's name down and also the area of influence where God has placed you. Maybe there's, there's something that you trust in God for, but you need the Holy Spirit to come and, and just start to open the right door um, and to shift certain things. But won't you just take a moment and write a person's name down, someone that you know is maybe going through a difficult time, and then also write down something that you're trusting God for in the area where God has placed you and pray into those two areas. Pray for that person by name. Start praying for them. That's what missional prayer is. Start interceding for them. Pray on their behalf. And then secondly, trust God for the Holy Spirit to come through and open doors where you are trusting Him for. Bless you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services. 